I like pizza. Drop another slice on the plate. Don't wait. Pepperoni, mushroom, that's great. Mmm, let me look up on the cheesy spices. Gotta get my hands on those person dinner vices. AFI. Have a stove, just put it in. Backstage stories. And we are live. Yeah, man, I'm working remotely this week. I am uh, in this apartment right off of Bodensee. I I, I, no, I, I know for sure that you have not been here before. I was just about to ask, but um, yeah, Ify's family. So they have this apartment here and it's, it's funny because Ify's mom kind of uses it as like a kind of her own personal escape. I think if she, I think if she were to have an affair, this would be the place where she would do it. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming in hot today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this would be the perfect place to have an affair. <laughs> it's so fucked up too, because they're so hospitable to me here and that would never happen. <laughs> but, but you know, like when you, I don't know, when, when you see these, uh, these crime shows or these old movies about, uh, the the wealthy family and someone you know sleeps around. It was like they're at their home in Palm Beach, Florida, where their family was a perfect a perfect picture. The American tale was not so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it was at their New York apartment where Sandra decided that it was time to open the relationship. <laughs> Unbeknownst to Jerry, who was working full time in Stuttgart. <laughs> In Stuttgart. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> I hope Gary enjoyed that episode. <laughs> um, did you get uh, get any any messages from all the Garys living in southern Germany? I didn't get a single message from a single Gary. I think all all two Garys in the whole of Germany probably don't listen to this show, but we're getting there. You know, it's all about encouragement. And let's hope your mother-in-law does not listen. To- <laughs> oh, there's no way. That's never going to happen. Um, oh, but I had a cool announcement. So uh, a couple of days ago, the label wrote me and they said that uh, this guy, his name is Gunther, or as I would say, Gunther. <laughs> uh, Gunther is the the MC at this radio station in Freudenstadt. Where Where is Freudenstadt? Do you know? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I wonder. I, Freudenstadt? Yeah, yeah Freudenstadt. Um, and I, I Googled this, this radio station earlier. They've been around for, this is their 25th year. They've been doing it for 25 years. So I don't know if that means that it's like state funded. I guess they all are, but I don't know if it's like a bigger station or like a small college station or something. Freudenstadt is a small town next to Karlsruhe in Baden-Württemberg. Ah, Karlsruhe. Okay. I've been there before. Um, so the station is Freies Radio Freudenstadt, Free Radio Freudenstadt. Okay. And, uh, they have this program called Neugut which I think is just new good, right? Just new, the new good stuff, kind of. I guess so, yeah. Does M94.5 have like a Neugut program or something, or is that just there? Basically, all of M94.5 program is Neugut program. When new music um, should be played um, on the air and um, people working here in the music department want to submit it um, to, to being played on M94.5, um, there's a rule that the release um, should maximum be two weeks apart. What do you mean? So you cannot you cannot um, submit a song that is older than two weeks um, onto our program. 
Oh, I see. Obviously, we pl we play older music, but um, you have those different rotations in radio stations, um, and everything that is played on the A rotation, so the basically the heavy rotation, um, cannot be older than two weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, okay. So yeah, basically they have this, this no good program. And, um, for those who are fans of the new Jordan Prince single, the crooked rail, uh, stay tuned because they, they asked me for next Monday to do a live phone in interview. And I haven't, I've, I've done these before, but I haven't done one in a year or so. So I'm kind of excited about that, like being fresh live on the air on Fleiss, what I do for it's cool, man. Yeah, the guy seems really nice. He played uh, the Crooked Rail. He's playing the Crooked Rail on rotation, I think, four four times this week. But also he's playing Stars, which is one of my real favorite songs from the last record. One of my favorite bass lines. Yeah, dude. That was, that was yeah, very good bass line and a really, really fun, really fun song. Um, but yeah. And Ego FM played Crooked Rail as well. That's right, man. I have to give props um, to Gloria and Sebastian who um, I follow on Instagram and they are very, very nice people, man. Sebastian actually is a, I, I don't really know him, but I know him through you kind of. And I'm not sure how I really know Gloria either, but I, maybe, maybe through these, this Munich radio community. Um, but man, so I was listening in, I knew they were going to play the song on Sunday, like I guess the premiere of it on the station. And did you, I don't know if you heard it or not, but they, um, they did the world's nicest intro for a song that I've ever had. That's it was cool. so cool, man. They spent like, I mean, on radio time talking about one artist or talking about one song. I mean, they, they just, maybe it was like six minutes or something, which is a good chunk of time. Six minutes. That's yeah, a, maybe that's a maybe whole radio slot. Yeah. At least five, at least five minutes back and forth. They, they um, they had this whole thing prepared that was a combination of like my own biography, but also their own research with, yeah, he did this, he released that, and he's from here. And um, then they talked a bit, then they talked a bit about the Crooked Rail music video. They talked about, you know, the green screens and how the video works and where they can find it. And it was so detailed and so cool, man. And like, nice. I sat there with my jaw open, like, this is so nice. Um, and then they played the track and yeah, it was really cool. It was part of their... Local Helden, Local Helden program. You're a local hero um, now. But yeah, they're very cool. They're very cool people. Um, yeah, the song's getting around. I'm really happy, uh, happy with that right now. But um, yeah, dude. So you're back in Oberstdorf this week, right? Yes, sir. Because yesterday was my little sister's 18th birthday. Oh yeah, I saw a post. You, she was gonna. She was. Was she stand up paddling or sailing or something? It's been an an, an old picture. I was looking for the the most embarrassing um, pic of her <laughs> I could find on my phone to post. Obviously, she's <laughs> okay. my sister. Come on, <laughs> and, <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, but she did not yesterday. No, but little little family come together having dinner. Mexican dinner it was amazing. Uh Really? It was home, like homemade Mexican food? No, we, we went to a restaurant. The first time I've been to ah. a restaurant since um, the whole, uh, you know, lockdown thing. Oh, yeah. How was your experience there? Was it, was it strange? Um, basically not, because it was a, it was a place in, in Campton, which is the, the next kind of bigger city 
Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the big city to the <laughs> to the Algoi people, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's a place um, which is pretty pretty raw, you know, very high ceilings, and you could see all the um, the plumbing tubes, etc., and the 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 air conditioner. So it's like a industrial style place, basically. Yeah. Um, and pretty pretty big, and they did not even have to 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 change the the tables or 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 spread them around just because this place is huge <laughs> um, yeah that's awesome um and so it was basically except from writing your name on a list and wearing a mask while you you get to the table it's been no different right. to a regular restaurant experience i guess okay yeah i guess that's okay so then that's that's been my experience too i think i went to one uh yeah one or two restaurants since they started uh, opening things up a little bit more last night for sure was just like you said, you know, you, you wear a mask going in and then when you get to your table, you, um, you can take it off and you're, you're kind of separated from the other people. And then the waitress or waiter wears a mask for everything. Yeah. I think this would be a really shitty time to, um, I mean, I've, I've been a waiter, I've been a barista, all that stuff for years and years. And I, I think this would be the worst time to do that because Man, you know, at the school job, I do have to wear the mask a lot, but in the classroom, um, actually you stay with one group the whole day. So in the classroom, you don't have to wear it. You just have to wear it, Ah, okay. but you're not in there. You're not in there very long. You're just in there for like their zoom lessons, which is like half an hour or something. And then you, then you're back either outside or in the cafeteria or, you know, where you're allowed to go kind of. And for all of that, you have to be bathroom visits, everything. You always have to wear the mask and it's really, it gets really annoying. Even when they play outside, you have to wear it. It gets really like out of breath. And I think to be a waiter and to have to wear it from, I don't know, probably like a six and a half, at least hour shift, um, the whole time, like from the moment you get there to the moment you leave, yeah. uh, probably only taking it off in the bathroom or something, man, that would just kill me. I mean, I know it's important and I really support it, but like when when I get my own stale breath back in my own mouth for like an yeah. hour or something, I don't know. Some people I know just get like headaches from it or they get a little like, you know, winded. Sometimes I'm not even sweating, but I'll just dip it down as soon as I'm outside and go like, oh man, I feel like I haven't had fresh oxygen in a while, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I guess that all of the waitresses and waiters and people working in restaurants and bars... <laughs> Um, who can wear a mask are happy that they still have their jobs. That's the most, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's definitely, that's definitely the most important part of it. No doubt. I, I guess if they're, if they're really, um, think, I mean, if you're thankful to have it, then you, you don't, you don't care about any of the other stuff for sure. For sure. But it, but it is, it is a, it is a big thing because, um, you, you mentioned your, your school experience. Um, I talked to my mom last night who is a, a teacher, elementary school, and she has to wear it all of the time, um, except of the moment where she sits at her desk in the classroom. But with a bunch of first graders, that does not happen <laughs> that many times um, within a day. So basically, she's also. What do you mean? Like she say, say that last part again? Like so, what, with the first graders, what about what about the mask? Sorry. She's only allowed to take off her mask when she, um, even in classroom, only when she's sitting at her desk in the front, you know, the, the teacher's desk. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. And with those young kids, it does not, just doesn't happen 
that many times within a day that you that you sit there and the the the, the children are working on their own etc yeah that's yeah so basically she's also working it all uh, she's wearing it all of her her working day yeah she must have it the whole the whole time I, i've worked in some of these year one classes and you're really you're barely at your desk you know really just like if there's if there's a test of some sort and even then it doesn't take long before someone like Needs help. Underst- Mr. Prince. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Prince, what does this mean? And that could be a cool skit for your album. Just just cut together all of those Mr. Prince. Oh, uh, that'd be if I you know, if I switched over into hip hop. If I switched over into hip hop, that'd be the first thing I would do is get all these kids to come together and like throw in like a d- d- k- d- Mr. Prince. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be really, really cool. For all of those who have um, not had the possibility yet to um, listen to Jordan rapping, I can only recommend <laughs> someone better be starting a petition about it so that the next uh, oh, <laughs> JP man. record will be a, a hip-hop tune. There, uh, yeah, if, if, you know, I have to say there's two, there's two videos online that I have not taken down yet that I'm still pretty happy with. They're, it's Both are about food, but if you want to hear me rap... The video is called Pizza Baby and Chicken Baby. I love Chicken Baby. Um, I think Pizza Baby is on my YouTube, but Chicken Baby is um, a Vimeo link. But you can still just type in Jordan Prince Chicken Baby. But I I love these two. I love them. They're so creepy and funny. I'm going to give our listeners a little, a little snippet of that right here in post-production. And Chicken Baby. <laughs> Maybe. Let's see. Or Pizza. Yeah, whichever one you want. Yeah, whichever one you want. Um, I love those, yeah. I like pizza. Drop another slice on the plate. Don't wait. Pepperoni, mushroom, that's great. Mm, let me look up on the cheesy spices. Gotta get my hands on those person dinner vices. Brick oven, electric, whatever stove. Just put it in. 350 degrees in 15 minutes. Amen. I wanna bathe in a tub with some cheesy crust. Parmesan, mozzarella, now that's a must. Make it hot, make it crunchy, don't make a fuss. Think I may be in love, might turn to lust. Um, but, um... Yeah, I was just, you know, I, I felt like we really needed to get away with get away this week. Originally, I was supposed to work uh, last week and this week, or at least one of them at the school as part of the Pfingstferien, like the the Whitsun holidays. They they had asked for volunteers, and I stupidly volunteered, thinking it would get me in good with the with the ladies in charge. And then they were really thankful, and they were really nice about it. But then um, I really hated that I was going to have to do it. And I think I was already in the schedule, like the first version of the schedule. And then somehow they got the number of the kids who were actually going to be there. And they ended up having enough people. And thank God I wasn't there. And I had, I've had these two weeks off um, because, you know, like uh, my sister-in-law got married and we had the release of the single and stuff. So it's just been a really convenient time to, to not be working full time. And yeah. And then we just decided, you know, things are getting pretty serious with, you know, work and with a personal life and stuff. So we said, Hey, let's go, let's go to this apartment here. And, um, Efi's mom turns 60 years old tomorrow. And that's the main reason that we came to this place in particular is because we said, hey, let's come in, let's go on Monday and have 
two and a half ish days to ourselves as like a just alone time, just to calm everything down. You know, we we I didn't really check emails like maybe every few hours instead of every ten minutes, and like just left. You know, we played rummy, we were reading, we were just like taking it easy, and it's been really really nice. Yeah, did I tell you? Um, the not so great news about the school. Okay. So I was scheduled to, Oh, I had an, I had a, uh, Oh, that's a notification sound that only I could hear. So never mind. Um, I had a schedule, I had a scheduled meeting with them at the last week of May before the holiday started. And and I knew I had a meeting with them and I knew that my contract was running out and that I needed to be on their good side to see if they would bring me on again for next year. And so that's why I volunteered for the holiday. And then they, um, they were so thankful and they were so nice and stuff. And I was like, great, this was a really cool political move here. I've chosen wisely. And then I sat down in the meeting with them and I got really nervous and they were like, hey, um, you know, <laughs> when they start off with compliments, you know that you're in trouble. You know, they're like, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're such an essential part of the school. We appreciate how flexible but you've been. But only until August. <laughs> yeah, well, only actually only until July. Ooh. They are not renewing my contract. Oh, no. And, uh, and uh, ostensibly what I've figured out is that the contract technically starts August 1. So I only have until the end of next. I have like six more weeks. So I have one more paycheck from them. So I'm already, it's crazy, man. It happens so fast because I think, I think in Germany, and you probably know this better than me, but I think within so many days of being alerted that your contract will end at any given job, you have to immediately apply with the unemployment office, the Arbeitsamt. Is that right? So it was all really fast. You know, it was like, um, a week, like the last week of May or something. It was before our last episode too. I just, I don't know what we didn't, we just didn't talk about it because the music stuff was so much more exciting, but, um, it, it's, yeah, we had this meeting and then they said it didn't, it wasn't going to happen. And then it was really fast. And then, uh, we immediately applied for unemployment. And the good news is all that stuff was really fast. Like the, it's not like America, you know, the unemployment office was really, um, quick and friendly and we did everything over the phone and then we sent a couple of things over email and um, it should all be set up. If I need to go on unemployment in August, then it's going to be um, a setup for me. But the goal is to try and, yeah, try and get another, some, some job in the next six weeks, which I'm really curious about given the situation of everything. I really don't want to go back to restaurants, dude. Oh, I really don't want to do that. I did that for, let's see, my first job was when I was 15 and then I moved here at 25 and then I got the school job. And now you're turning 30. Yeah, I got the school job at 28. So from 15 to 28, so 13 years I worked gastronomy because the gas station was also like in the kitchen. Oh man. I really don't want to do that, but let's see. So put the, you know, put the word out if there's uh, anybody um, in, in the Munich area who uh, might have an opportunity for uh, <laughs> your friendly neighborhood American. But what do you have in mind? Or oh, did you did you already have any thoughts about okay, what what um, can I do even before the meeting 
did you did you did you think about it were you just so busy with the music that knew, that you didn't do it yet but um we, well, we had a conversation privately a while ago um months ago where you already told me yeah um this whole school thing um you get uh, only only contracts year by year <clears throat> so is it a is it a thing that you were thinking about um for a longer time now okay what what can i do if this happens if they're not going to renew my contract honestly i probably held out too long like trying to be optimistic and think that because the thing was too i mean this doesn't really excuse it i should have just stepped up my game but um i tend to be too hopeful i think and a bit too naive but um the thing was too they they really have used me so much so much in the last um the last three months or so i mean i was one of the i was one of the first people that they called back to to be at the school full time and i had to be extremely flexible and i had to be ready to go and called in at any day and uh completely available and like needing to check emails in the evening after work hours are over and be ready for things to be different in the morning and You know, I did all of that and I didn't complain and it wasn't my favorite, but I thought, okay, they, they need me so much right now that I'm going to guess that I probably have a good shot at getting this contract renewed. Um, but that was naive, you know, I was, I was kind of also probably hoping it would work out so that I wouldn't have to deal with searching for another job because I hate that. I hate that process so much. And you know, if I could just make enough money from music or from podcasting to make like a, even like a minimally, a minimally comfortable living, then I would be totally happy. But the thing is, those are my passions. I love doing it so much, but, um, I'll have to find some day job again to fill this void. And I, I looked at some, some job sites and some listings, you know, of course I'm looking at schools. I considered, kindergartens, but I don't know if that's exactly the right transition to go younger than, than what I've worked with so far, just because I think there's more, like a lot more attention required and different needs for when, the, when they're so young. Um, but who knows, maybe it would be fine, but it's also, um, a hard fact of finding like a reasonably bilingual program. Um, I saw an interesting post the other day that said there's a good chance that your the job that you're best at hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> and I think that's a pretty cool idea because there's so many new uh, industries all the time now. But um, so just go and invent your dream job. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I keep looking at these at these job listings, but I I mean, a lot of people, of course it's a different country. So of course they want like, you know, a German history professor or something. So the education thing is pretty limited in terms of bilingual uh, opportunities. Um, but I'm going to keep trying and, and really double down on these searches, especially next week when I'm back in Munich, just spend the whole time looking for jobs. And, um, the school gave me a reference letter. So at least I have some good recommend, good, good recommendation from them. And, um, Yeah, worst case scenario, maybe I have to fall on something that I don't love, but I could do it for six months until something else pops up or 
it'll be fine. It, it, it always works out. It's just, um, it's, it's just never, I don't know. I just, it was finally kind of easy. Like I finally had a day job that I, I enjoyed a little bit and it was, you know, I had like a lot of good friends there and it was easy for me to be like, Oh, I can't do that. Can someone help me? And they were like, yeah, sure. Of course. You know? And when you work at restaurants or something and you want to get off for a gig, then it's kind of always a big pile of shit. It's always a fucking uh, political game where you have to ask if like this guy could cover that shift and then you can cover his shift on Saturday, but that means you're working a double. And then, you know, it's not just like, Hey, can I, can I be absent tomorrow? (laughs) Yeah, that's shitty. And I really do feel sorry for you because I can completely relate and I know how frustrating it is when you when you have a thing where you're good at, in your case, music, and you see so many other people making a living out of it, but you just don't get there and you have to do stuff you don't want to do anymore and that even don't bring you where you want, where you want to go. Like in, in my case, it's been the same with, with gastronomy. I've been also doing it for years and I always thought, fuck, this is so, it's so shitty. I want to, I want to earn enough money to, to make a, a living and it doesn't have to be super super special just a basic living just to 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 pay my bills during this whole journalism thing um and making progress through it to get to a point where i can do a better job etc and then you have to do this job which is only taking time of you <laughs> to do something that brings a little money but doesn't bring you where you want to be in within your profession and so i i, I can't relate it's yeah, Shit, man, I- it's totally exhausting. It's totally exhausting. Th- these kinds of jobs. It's crazy. Um, the thing is, I'm not, I'm not too down about it. I'm thankful for the system that Germany has in terms of unemployment. I mean, the, everything worked out really smooth and it should be set up. I shouldn't get comfortable with it. I, 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 I don't intend to get comfortable with that and stuff. Um, I'm glad that I can be supported. Of course, it's like 60% of the, of the wage that I was making. So it's not a totally you know, sustainable way of making monthly money. But yeah, um, the search continues, but that's, that's the, that's how it is now. So maybe if someone's, uh, in the Munich area and they, they have a job, even if it is gastronomy and it sounds cool, like just, just write us in and, uh, or hit me up on Instagram or something and let me know because you never know if you have a friend who happens to know somebody who does something. But, um, what I wanted to ask you, is there yeah. is there one thing or one job besides besides the the opportunity to to make a living out of your your art um that you would totally love to do? I had a conversation about this not too long ago actually where I thought if I could work in a studio with with someone or or some people that I think are kind of cool, you know, maybe they work on uh, film scores or they work on, um, you know, with recording artists or they do um, image film or small commercial projects or something, but they're just cool and the hours aren't so uh, insane, but maybe the work is also fun. So I don't care about the hours. That's always, the hours feel longer when the work is garbage. Um, I think I could totally see myself doing that too, but I think as with most things in Germany, if you want to work full time in it, in a, an industry, um, I would probably have to go back and get another education. I, ha- I have a degree in, in film arts and stuff, but that doesn't get me anywhere. Of course, that was such a dumb idea. Um, 
So the thing is, I I either have to like self-innovate somehow, uh, even more intensely than I've been trying to do and then maybe a different angle. Um, or honestly, like, okay, let, for example, if there was somebody in Munich like Tim Hecking, let's say not Tim Hecking because he's our friend and it's a, kind of a bias example, but someone who has a working studio in the city and works for bigger projects, things that they like, things they don't like, but they make work and they needed like a full-time studio assistant to, you know, someone I could learn from, but also someone who I could, you know, uh, set up mics for, run cables, run power lines, um, be there to, if they have artists coming in for some reason to, to host them and make sure that they're all set up and get like, you know, prep sheets from them about what they want to record with and how, what the, but it can do like the budget stuff for them and whatever. I could totally do that. I enjoy working in media. I like, I could work with other artists. I could work with, um, filmmakers. I could work in a studio and it not be a Jordan Prince project. It doesn't have to be anything that's about me or my songs. It could just be working in the creation of audio or visual entertainment in some way. And I I could totally, I could totally enjoy that kind of work. It's just, it's limited. And I think I don't have the education for it. And the money isn't really great until you can get to a certain point, you know, of experience and reputation. But since I guess I partly know, but mostly I guess there are those those people and those studios in Munich because it's a it's a city where with one of the biggest if not the biggest um media um bubbles in Germany a lot of um a lot of broadcasters television music film etc etc um have you reached out to those kind of people yet no not at all i think i'm too insecure about um, expectations. You know, I think if they were to say, who the fuck are you to ask for a job here? I'd be like, well, I think I'm all right at this. <laughs> you know, I think like the, the, like it, this is not a real job, but I think my dream thing would to be, um, what, what's the word for this? Uh, uh, um, when not an not an advisor but there's a perfect word in english that i'm forgetting right now but it's no it's like um when a, let's say for example a company has a company or an artist or a commercial conglomerate has created uh, a piece of entertainment to either sell as a product or to um to market to another artist or to market to a, a commercial company or a film company or something like if, um, if a musician, let's say like a studio musicians hired by Sony to make a song for a Coca-Cola commercial. I would love to be a consultant consultant. I would love to be a consultant who is either hired by the company that's fielding out like a, a consultant that could say, Hey, look, there's three good, there's three companies in Munich that I would suggest you work with to make this product because I trust their taste and then be hired 
to to um, not babysit the product project, but to check in with the creators of the song or the product in some way to make sure that the quality is fresh and good and catchy and whatever, you know, like I, I don't like to say statements that are like, I know I'm good at blank, but, but this is the kind of the conversation that, that demands that sort of thing. But like, I know that I know good film and television taste. I like, I know what structures work and why they don't work. And if he gets so annoyed sometimes that I'm always, you know, kind of blurting out like, Oh, you know why this scene doesn't work or why this lighting is bad or why this actor doesn't work particularly or why that costume design is bad. Or like I can pick out pretty quickly for some reason, I'm very, it's very easy for me to be critical and like to know, to not just have the problem, but to have the solution. Like, Oh, if they had just done this, it would be perfect. And, and also with music too, and like not all genres, of course, but with a large collection of music, I think a lot of people in these industries, especially in Europe, tend to think inside of a particular box of how the song or the film or image film or commercial or whatever program, how it should look and how it should communicate a certain kind of message. And I think what Europe especially needs now is, um, I hate to say it like this, but a, a kind of a kind of an American consultant on breaking those traditional boundaries to a, appeal to a fresher audience. Dude, that's basically, but this, but this job doesn't exist. But I that, think. Yeah. And then, but I, I totally see the issue. That's basically also what we're kind of doing with this podcast, because, um, most German podcasts work so completely different from, um, the American market or the American idea of what podcasting it is. Um, and so I, I see the whole, the, the, the whole idea, but, um, so don't get me, get me wrong with this. No, no. Since you have the, 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 the film arts degree, um, and th- imagine this kind of consulting role. Have you ever tried, I don't know, some kind of internship or whatever as, uh, uh, what's the, the title? Assistant director for, for, for projects or something. I mean, you have the degree, you're in some f- form qualified. Um, or is this something you already tried and realized, okay, it's not going to work out? No, in Germany, I haven't tried that yet. I think one of two, well, the, the main reason why I haven't tried to apply for these sort of outlandish or like bold job placements is, um, I'm not fluent in German and I can't work in an industry like that unless I was in a position where language wasn't the, wasn't the main issue. Cause if you're working on a set, like a first AD who has, who is in charge of a lot of stuff, um, if you're working on a set in a different country, you got to be fluent in that language. And I can't, I can't be the reason why I slow down a production uh, that would kill me. I would feel so guilty and I would, I would for sure cause a lot of, I would cause financial stress and professional stress. And, um, even working on sets back in new Orleans in my native tongue, if I felt like I was slowing anything down, you know, you bow out and you take a step back and you let things flow. And, and it's all, it's all about budget and timing really. And you know, the same thing in, in, in broadcasting, it's, you know, timing is everything. 
And um, I have not even began to think about applying for anything like that, especially in Munich, especially in Bavaria, because that kind of job, I think, would not exist if I didn't speak fluent German. I mean, there could be a chance that something kind of like this could maybe work in Berlin or Hamburg, but I really don't think Munich is is possible. You know, I mean, or do you not, or do you disagree? I don't know. I'm not quite sure because I'm I I'm not in the position to to tell anything um, <laughs> deeper about about the, the 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 filming industry, but I I still c- could imagine that there are jobs. Um, that you could fit in and like you said um where the 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 language is not the the biggest um barrier and i can also imagine that those those jobs are super rare and hard to find of course but i i don't know i i, I can't give you a <laughs> a, f- a funded ad- advice in this because it's not my my field basically <laughs> But as I, as far as I see those kind of things, um, working on TV productions, etc., um, I see those. Um, I see I see positions or potential jobs where language would not doesn't have to be the the biggest. Um, the biggest barrier, basically. I, I agree. I think I think when you get into the higher, if you were to get into the higher um, qualified positions, like where this, you know, <laughs> where this fantastical dream of mine, dream job of mine, whatever would exist. Um, I imagine once you're in those corporate situations where you're working internationally with a with a product that would make money for someone, that of course it wouldn't matter if I spoke German or not. I think the companies would talk amongst themselves in, in their languages and then everything is usually internationally spoken in English anyway. And for bigger meetings and stuff or for, you know, phone consultations or whatever, like uh, that's something that I've, I can imagine wouldn't, wouldn't be a problem at all. I mean, even in Bavaria, even like smaller companies that I don't imagine um, speaking anything other than their own language, um, usually if they have any sort of partnership um uh with any anything even slightly outside uh germany then of course you know it's it's international so it works in english but um yeah but that's kind of a kind of a silly example but um the thing is i would have to start low and probably start in pockets of this industry that aren't exactly what i'm thinking but working my way towards it and i think to get into that to get into the nitty gritty of the amateur circles and work my way to the place I want, I'd have to be able to speak German fluently enough in those circles to make the connections, to get the reputation, to trust, you know, reputable sources and like work my way up a ladder to a place where I wouldn't have to worry so much about it. But it's funny, you have to start starting at zero, you have to be kind of fluent in it. And if I were to somehow magically get to the top of this ladder where I would imagine this job would exist, then it wouldn't matter anymore. You know, it's funny. It's not the reverse. Yeah. But you still, I think you still gotta, gotta see that in, that even in Munich in the year 2020, 
um, in in those kind of creative businesses, you rarely find um, people maybe on a set or somewhere that I don't know the second sound assistant or whoever who's not speaking English. You know, especially music, film, etc. As far as I as I know, obviously um, many of those situations. There are mostly Germans working, so they 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 um, they are speaking German. But um, of course, yeah, of course. When I, let's imagine the situation I um, I experienced working for for Pro Sieben Fun, who do these kind of action sports um, shows, and they basically broadcast um, like the X Games. I worked there for the X Games Aspen in January, and they get the feed from ESPN. And so there's one guy, um, the, he's called the Ablaufredakteur, kind of a, a continuity job, who's basically in communication or listening to the director's um, calls from ESPN um, to make it fit because um, obviously you're not allowed in Germany to play or you even don't want it to play the commercials ESPN is playing in the States, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, wow. That's super interesting. And then there's one guy sitting, there's one guy sitting, listening to the, to the, to the directors, et cetera, and the, and the ESPN staff who are running the show, listening and in, if in need communicating with them when they can go back on the air and when to bring in a little, I don't know, um, replay something or whatever okay oh that's a super interesting job yeah and that's a really crazy job there are there are situations like that i you can never tell who who dare who, who those those companies um gonna hire for these kind of jobs but um that's something i experienced where i thought okay um it wouldn't even be bad if there's someone who, who's um whose um, native tongue isn't German, but English. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm worrying too much about that as a block. I think, in, I mean, of course, in general, I think I do that, but maybe for, maybe for jobs like this, especially in, you know, these strange jobs within entertainment, maybe it's not as big of an issue as I always think it is. Yeah. And... I'm, I mean, globalization brings so many, so many enterprises to so many countries, and there always has to be some form of translation or, or uh, one team who has to do the communication between the. I don't know. Imagine this year, um, Disney Plus is coming on the market. So what do they need? They basically, I don't know. They they launch in. 150 countries and they need to people to do the communication between Disney <laughs> and the, the the local franchise or whatever etc cetera, etc cetera. that's a whole nother topic and I guess those is <laughs> this is another part of um of 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 media and entertainment which you need other qualifications for more from a right. business per- perspective right but the idea is the same and since their globalization is 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 it a thing? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would guess there are um, there are many possible jobs for people 
who can be the link between two languages, two countries, two um, also two different cultures of com communication, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, that's really interesting. That's that's a job I've never heard about. Ab Ablaufredakteur. Ablaufredakteur. That's in that was in the case of the 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 TV show I was I was part of. Oh, yeah. but the the other position with like with this Disney Plus example, that would be yeah. a different that's, position. That, that's another thing. Yeah. Okay. But that's a. But of course, this exists. Of course, this exists because this this that industry especially has <laughs> so much money and they have so many jobs that they need. Uh, it's super interesting. They have so many crazy little, like even just working on a, on a small set, you have so many one task minded jobs that they create so that it all smoothly flows. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. And I guess that's a point. So for you, <laughs> it's not sad that, that you, because the, 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 the job you told me you, you could imagine it, then you could, a job you would have, fun with and that you're good at it, et cetera, et cetera, um, doesn't exist, could be, and chances are, are probably low that you're going to find something like this this summer. But I guess... Yeah, but it's not impossible, you, maybe. You, you, you definitely don't have to give up the hope that at some point you can find this kind of job, and I guess even in Munich. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I think I always tend to, and you know, I get called out on this a lot from other people too, but I think I tend to allow my own insecurities about my language skills or lack thereof to block this curtain of American opportunism that I'm so used to having, like this idea that, oh, if I, if I want if I want to do it, I should just go try it and I should just go apply for this and I should just go meet this person and text that guy and call them. And like, you know, I, I don't know, I got so far with things I would have never expected getting anywhere with. Um, but you know, in college and stuff, like just talking to people, meeting people, I started, I started projects. I started, um, you know, these, you know, the same how in Munich, there's like this hoodoo folk session. I started so many sessions like this, uh, with, I made agreements like with promoters at concert venues and, was like getting all these things kickstarted because I wanted to see the scene growing and I wanted to, um, be like, and not, and I didn't want to like be an important person in the city, but I wanted to like take the initiative to create it, to create outlets, to make it easier for other musicians to, to do what I wanted to do, you know? And then ever since I've been in, in Germany, I think this insecurity about language and how terribly haunting it can be sometimes, especially when I feel, Because it goes in waves, like how strong I feel and how weak I feel. Um, I think I always let that keep me from imagining the world the same way I did, which is super. I just never. This is really like therapy for me. I never pinpointed pinpointed that exactly, but I think that is exactly what happens. Because this job thing, you know, I mean, for me, it's not sad that I don't have this school job anymore. It's it's unfortunate timing and you know there's never a great timing for this i guess but i'm i'm not sad to not be working there i'm just stressed about finding something new that i can enjoy and or the fact that i still have to do that you know i'm almost 30 and like i'm still looking for a job to support what i love instead of just having a job that i love 
And I really didn't want to be doing that at 30. And who, who knows if that's something I'll still be wanting to do at 40. I don't know. I don't know. But I told Ify, um not too long ago that, you know, I could totally imagine working a job that I really, really like somewhere within entertainment where I feel like I'm listened to and that I can be helpful and that I can enjoy the work and like see the product at the end. And I wouldn't have to, I probably wouldn't worry so much about fighting as hard as I am to make a living with music. That's the only thing I pay all my attention to. That's the only thing that keeps me up at night and that I get up early in the morning. It's like this driving thing. And sometimes I think if I really had a job in entertainment that I loved, like this consultant fake job that I have in like this dream job thing in my head of, you know, like being in a respected position of working with entertainment companies and like creating good products that I believe in, I don't think I would give a shit about fighting for this Jordan Prince music. You know, like I would make it for fun and release it to to the handful of people that want to hear it for fun. You know, and like I would do that and I would maybe play some small concerts like for fun and it would be something I enjoy doing and it wouldn't be something I'm fighting to make a living with, which I think I is like I the see. big so difference. If you, if you, you need the, the, the equivalent, something that fulfills you the same way that your music does at the moment to, to get over, over that. Okay. Okay. 100%. Yeah. I would need a job that fulfills me as much as playing music does to But that, that yeah, brings you to, to, it. to exactly. another interesting yeah. question. Um did you did you already um get over the point where you still believe that your you as a musician could be that job and that there still is the possibility that this will be your full-time job who uh, by which you can make a living, et cetera, et cetera. You mean like, have I stopped believing in music as a career? Yeah, you, you could say it like that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to, to articulate it a little more respectful. No, 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 that, that wouldn't hurt my feelings because uh, I know what you mean. Um, I would say that in the moment, no. In the moment, no, because we have the we have a new album. I think I think if I didn't have something lined up, um, probably if you had to ask me the same question last March, I would say, yeah, sure, I could see that. Last March, I didn't have anything lined up. I didn't have anything recorded. Um, I didn't have any management. I didn't have any booking agent. Nothing. I had just lost everything basically, and uh, I felt free, but also felt kind of lost. And I think now you know, the songs are finished and there's a label making a plan and, um, I'm, I'm, I may be more, no, I wouldn't even say that. I was about to say I'm, I'm more patient with it, but really I'm not, I'm just better at faking it. <laughs> um, but right now, because we have something lined up, no, I still want it. I still want it so bad. Um, but I have to see how things are going to be next spring because that next spring is when everything's out. Maybe we have a small tour, maybe we don't. And then depending what I'm working on at that time, you know, I'll have a better idea of like, should I really be 
should I really be pushing myself in this other direction to working somewhere in entertainment in a different way um, to, to make that, you know, dream job kind of a, kind of a reality in a way. Um, and that's, that's a really, you know, this podcast too, this episode is like the most specifically articulated that I've ever discovered this dream job. You know, like I was kind of knew what I wanted, but I'd never really said it this way. And this is the first time where it really feels true. Like, you know, that's, that's something I would love, 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 love to do and make a good living from it. Cause there's good money in entertainment when you have a good job in it. And, um, I would really like to do that. But I think until something like that becomes available or I just stop being so worried that I don't have a chance if I'm not fluent enough, then music stays in the number one category, you know? But you, or let, let's say a musician in, in, in your situation right now, like you said, last year there was this point where you kind of lost everything. Now you got um, someone who's, who's responsible for your booking, you got the label, etc. Um, and you still want it, you still believe in it. What is, is there a thing <laughs> a musician like you can do in this situation between now the first single being released, blah, 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 we had all of this until the album comes out, etc., that you could do to to push it into the right direction? Or is it just, let's call it ugly waiting? You mean like, is there something I, I can say to do to keep like music in the forefront until it's released? No, is there... Are you in a situation where you can only wait for for what for how the how the album will perform how things turn out or is there a thing as a musician in your situation you can do to 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 push it in the in the direction where you could could possibly make the next step you know what i mean The, uh, the next step for music or the next step for a different career? For music. In your situation now. Oh, man. Well, I mean, it's, 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 at some point every single day, it's on my mind. So it's either, you know, it's, there, there, uh, yeah, ugly waiting is a nice, um, I'm going to put that, <laughs> I'm going to write that down here. Um, there, kind of, if, if you're as obsessed unhealthily, I have to really put that in there as if you're as unhealthily obsessed with it as I am, um, then there really is no ugly waiting. Then you're only thinking about it every single day and you're only thinking um, about how you can keep drawing attention to it. You're only checking the numbers at least once every single day, um, you know, looking up, okay, can I, this month, can I afford to put up an ad on Google to draw more viewers into this video or can I afford um, an ad on Facebook to expose this video or this song or this whatever to um, a different audience and can I trust these numbers and you know let's see what I can really afford to do for myself and how much money or work is the label putting into it then you write them and you say you know, what's happening this week? Is there something going on? This just happened a few days ago. They just said, hey, we're, you know, we're going to send you our first PR update this week. So do, you just have to be patient. We're going to show you everything that we did. And then I bother them again. And then they send me like half of it. And they send me another half later 
because they know that I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and then um, and then making sure that no one's waiting on me. You know, the moment, like yesterday, they asked me about this radio guy. They said, can you, can you imagine doing it some Monday in the next month? And I was like, next Monday, I'll be there 815. I'm ready. You know, like the guy wants to do a live call 815 Monday. I was like, I'm there. I'll do it. Let's book it. And then they said, oh, that was fast. And then they said, you know, do you want to, um, can you do some, some MP3s of your, of like station IDs of just saying like, Hey, this is Jordan Prince. I hope you enjoy this new single. Uh, thanks for playing it on Friday's Noyes Radio or whatever. Um, so I, I sent them two different versions. I mean, it just takes like 10 minutes and I had, I have all my gear here because of the podcast. So I just did it and they're like, wow, that's, you know, just took 30 minutes or whatever between us asking and us getting it. So like, if you're only thinking about it, then the moment you get an email of anyone asking you for something, you're just immediately ready to send it. I never, I've never had anyone send me a request and they get it the next day ever. I've got like, I've got everything set on my phone. I've got the wave of the single. I've got the MP3 of the single. I've got the press info for the single. I've got the bio. I've got everything ready to send in one email or over text. If they, if they need it, I've got things prepared where I can change the name. I can change the greeting, whatever. So I think there really is no ugly waiting. It's just like, I'm already talking to them about the next single. I'm already, I'm already planning the music video for it. I'm already discussing, um, the details of the release and the timeline and locking the date. And, you know, it's, it's like a business that if I made money from it, I would still be doing overtime. You know, my thoughts on music is really, I'm working 40 hours at the school sometimes. And I think I'm still doing 50 hours of thinking about music stuff. So it's, you know, and like it really kills, it kills my relationships sometimes because it is, like I said, it is unhealthy, but then sometimes everything feels kind of settled. I did everything I could. I have to just wait for someone else to write me. And those are the moments when I can just take a big deep breath and just go like, okay, you've done everything you can, the best you can now enjoy this afternoon, you know, in the sun. But that kind of relief definitely doesn't come every week, you know, but I would, yeah, I would say like, if there's any advice, then if you're, if you've just released something and you've got something else coming, there's always something else to think about. There's always, um, a post you could, some kind of post you could make or someone you could write, or you could always be more proactive in reaching out to newspapers and radio stations that you would imagine you weren't allowed to write to without management or something. And they do respond. I've gotten played on so many radio stations and gotten articles in so many newspapers because I wrote them and asked if they, you know, if they need an article about an, about an artist, Hey, I have something new coming out and I have a a story that I think is interesting. Would you be interested? And then I don't know, like maybe 50 or 60% of the time they're like, yeah, sure. That's great. Thanks for the information. Let's do it. Let's have a phone call tomorrow. You know, it's just something you could always do to try, to try, keep trying. Okay. Yeah. But that, that you, but yeah, that you are unhealthily obsessed with it still shows somehow that there, there could be something and you believe totally. it. Totally. That, that's cool. Yeah, totally. I really, I really believe in it and I, I really believe in the new record and, um, 
uh, I think I'm going to make a goal for next week. If, if we have a, if we have a guest or not, it also really helps too. But, um, I think I'm going to try and have a goal next week that we, we talk that we don't have to bring up, uh, the music. I think I'm, I'm, I, I am, maybe I'm leaking my own unhealthy obsessions into one of my favorite things to do every week, which is uh, talk to you about life or, you know, the job thing too, especially. And, um, I don't want to, I don't want people to think that I'm only doing this podcast to promote myself. I really want to learn about, uh, you and about other people. So maybe we can try, um, uh, there was a couple people I considered, uh, Trent, this week doesn't work, but maybe for next week too. Um, like maybe we can meet together like you suggested. And then, uh, there's a couple of people I think we, it could be cool to try and call, um, to do a, to do a guest with. So let's try and do something. Yeah. Let's try and do something fresh, uh, next week. And this is, this is me thinking about my own bringing it up too much. Nothing to do with you. I think, um, I, I don't want people to think that I'm just marketing myself. No, but I, I guess those, those people who, who listen to this podcast regular, regularly, um, already, already heard that and know that, that it's not only about that, but, um, yeah, we, we've gotten across this, this story, <laughs> this, this, this mu whole music plot several times now. Um, obviously because it is also, a a, a big part of your life and, when we talked about, so I guess there's no way we could talk about jobs, the two of us, and not getting to a point where, where you have a, a little conversation about the music. Yeah, that's true. And it's still interesting for me because, um, I didn't, I had no clue what, what is a musician's, um, job when there is music to be released or singles already have been released. What does he or she do? So it's also right. been super interesting for me. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I love talking about this stuff. Um, yeah, you're right. If the people who listen regularly already know, that's not the goal. So it is, it is really fun to talk about. Um, I think I have to call it there. Um, we just, we just crossed an hour, but I think we have, uh, my little niece is here in the other room now. I don't want to have, uh, too much, too much. Um, what do you call it when noise bleeds over? I don't want to have too much. You can hear her now, or I can. Maybe you'll hear it when you listen back. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna go. Say, I'm gonna go play with her. And um, dude, thank you so much for this awesome episode. And it was really cool to catch up with you. Thank you as well, especially for your for your honesty and um, the deep, the deep little peaks in uh, uh, deep inside inside Jordan Prince. Dude, you always bring you always bring it out in me. I think I think you're gonna be the guy who breaks some big journalistic story one day, man. Like you really you I don't even think about it. You just get it out of me. It's really sometimes I feel bad about it because I'm not sure if you want to 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 talk um about some some little stories on the air. But um, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> uh, sure, I do. I love it. I mean, yeah, man. It's it's good. You you're really good at it. Um. Well, cool. Then um, thank you so much. And for those who enjoyed today's show, please make sure to go to Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you get your podcasts and give us 
um, a good rating or a comment, um, or please share it. And what's even better is sometimes just telling a friend about the show really goes a long way. So thanks a lot, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.